The Lot Teaser Making serious a lot easier This podcast is powered by Faria de Oliveira Advogados Law Firm On this week's episode, United Nations 75th Anniversary, 32 countries signed the Geneva Consensus Declaration, aka the Anti-Abortion Declaration. The United States Department of Justice filed a lawsuit against Google. Foreign criminals may be barred from entering the United Kingdom. And we like to keep you updated. The Russian court sentenced former mayor for six months of community service after diesel oil leak, and the European Commission announced an investigation into the Golden Passport schemes. By the way, don't forget to follow, rate and review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Shall we? Happy birthday, United Nations! The United Nations is an intergovernmental organization that aims international peace and security through cooperation and multilateralism, ties and tools. The UN was founded with a treaty known as the United Nations Charter. It was signed on June 26, 1945, and it entered into force on October 24, 1945. That's why we celebrated its 75th anniversary last Saturday. A quick recap about the UN. This organization was established right after the end of World War II in order to prevent future wars. But this was not the first intergovernmental organization. In fact, the first ever was the League of Nations, pretty cool name, huh? Created on January 10, 1920. In other words, after the Paris Peace Conference that ended the First World War. However, the League of Nations lived only for 26 years. And its ineffectiveness was proven with the Second World War, being officially dissolved on April 20, 1946. The UN took its place hoping it would do a better job. And it's a tough one. Not only the UN established a space of international cooperation and multilateralism, as well as it created an International Court of Justice, the SEJ, and specialized agencies such as the World Food Programme, that by the way won the 2020 Nobel Peace Prize, the World Intellectual Property Organization, WIPO, and the now very controversial World Health Organization the WHO. Don't get us wrong, the UN has been through a lot. Vietnam War, Cold War, Iraq War, and now the coronavirus pandemic crisis. It has done a lot of good things, but it has also made a few mistakes or incurred into a few omissions. The way that the WHO has handled the COVID-19 crisis 
has been severely criticized and its reputation and competence has been highly questioned. Now, fun facts, since 1945 the UN has 193 member states. The last one to join was South Sudan in 2011. The state of Palestine is a non-member observer state. That basically means that they are not members, but they have the right to participate in the UN General Assembly. And the current Secretary General is António Guterres, a Portuguese citizen. The purpose of the United Nations is quite awesome. It shall be, quoting, promoting and encouraging respect for human rights and for fundamental freedoms for all without distinction as to race, sex, language or religion. And member states pledge to undertake joint and separate action to protect these rights. It has been the stage of many activists and survivors. Plus, five years ago the UN has undertaken the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, keeping in mind an intergeneration principle. Some of these are Quality education, goal number four. Responsible consumption and production, goal number 12. And peace, justice and strong institutions, goal number 16. So, long live the United Nations. Oh, thank you. Isn't it ironic? Last Thursday, 32 countries, among them Bahrain, Brazil, Belarus, Egypt, Hungary, Iraq, Poland, Uganda, UAE, United States and Sudan, signed the Geneva Consensus Declaration that shall promote women's health and straightening the family. Sounds interesting, but it's just weird. It's a two-page document, Calibri font, size 12, spacing 1.5, where these members are reaffirming all the statements from different international programs and previous documents. However, they added a few points and it starts like this. We, ministers and high representatives of governments. They should have written instead, we, men and high representatives of government, because there's not a single woman sitting at the grown-ups table here making decisions for themselves. We researched it and all presidents and high representatives of governments of these countries are, in fact, all men. Nonetheless, there are some good things about it. Due to the fact that in most of these countries women are target of serious discriminations and attacks, they want to, quoting, ensure the full enjoyment of all human rights and equal opportunity for women at all levels of political, economic and public life. At the same time, there are some controversial aspects about it. They quoted some old-fashioned and outdated statements, such as, quoting, women play a critical role in the family, or women's contribution to the welfare of the family and to the development of society. Well, men also share this responsibility. Both should bear this critical role in the development of society. Plus, some are calling this an anti-abortion declaration because abortion was a big topic in such a short document. 
we'll read you the following statement. We affirm that there is no international right to abortion nor any international obligation on the part of states to finance or facilitate abortion consistent with the long-standing international consensus that each nation has a sovereign right to implement programs and activities consistent with their laws and policies. Well, legally speaking, that's what sovereignty means. Sovereignty guarantees the right to countries determine what they should or should not do, whatever the topic. This statement has clearly another intention, which makes no sense, especially for the United States to sign it, given abortion is in fact legal since 1973. Also, last Thursday, Poland Constitutional Court barred abortion in cases of fetal defects. This court considered that abortion in that case was unconstitutional since it violated the right to life. And now quoting them, the mere fact of a handicapped or incurable disease of a child in the prenatal phase connected with eugenic reasons and with the possible discomfort of a sick child's life cannot independently decide about the admissibility of termination of pregnancy. What? So the child would probably suffer for the rest of her life, but at least she's alive. Makes sense. Plus, there's a legal controversy at this moment because even though the constitution protects the right to life, as it should, the civil code determines that a natural person only begins to be treated as such when he or she is born alive. We know this is a sensitive matter, some are pro-life and others are pro-choice, but it shouldn't be like black or white, yes or no, yin and yang. It should be essentially women's choice. In fact, there's not a single law or obligation that regulates a man's body, as well as there's not a single statement in this declaration giving obligations to men as a gender. We don't trust you. The United States Department of Justice, DOJ, decided to file a lawsuit against the tech giant Google. On what grounds? For allegedly violating US antitrust laws under Section 2 of the Sherman Act. 11 states claim that Google uses anti-competitive and exclusionary practices in order to unlawfully maintain monopolies in general search engine services and advertising. Who are we kidding? We all use Google. It even became a verb. In fact, Google has accounted for about 90% of all general search engine searches. But the DOJ says that we all use Google because Google makes us use it. How? On billions of mobile devices and computers worldwide, Google is set as the preset default general search engine, entering into exclusivity agreements, forbidding pre-installation of other search services, entering into arrangements forcing pre-installation of its search service and using profits to buy preferential treatment. So, competitors think we have no chance at all. Advertisers pay whatever Google wants and consumers conform themselves. Which is all bad because innovation also comes from competition. The aim of the DOJ 
is to perform a new deal on the internet economy to all players, competitors, advertisers, and consumers. It's sad, but we knew it was coming. On January 1st, 2021, the free movement established between the European Union and the United Kingdom will come to an end. What caused this? Brexit, of course. But changes affect essentially EU citizens with criminal convictions. They can be immediately turned away, no questions asked. The Home Office announced last week that these foreign criminals may be barred from entering the United Kingdom if 1. Sentenced to at least a year in jail or 2. Sentenced to less than a year in jail considering their full criminal history and whether they have ties to the UK such as family members. Or 3. They haven't received a prison sentence but the offending is persistent or causes serious harm or it is decided that their presence in the UK is not conducive to the public good or they have a criminal conviction of any kind in the past 12 months and are seeking to enter the UK for the first time. The Home Office considers all offences, whether committed in the UK or overseas. Home Secretary Patel said, For too long, EU rules have forced us to allow dangerous foreign criminals who abuse our values and threaten our way of life onto our streets. like to keep you updated. On our episode Freedom, we talked about the fact that 20,000 tons of diesel oil got leaked into a river within the Arctic Circle, which went unreported by the company for two days before alerting the Russian government. An environmental tragedy. The mentioned spill occurred after a fuel tank at a power plant collapsed. At least 350 square kilometers had been contaminated, causing irreparable damages, and President Putin declared state of emergency. After the investigative committee of Russia initiated a criminal case on the claims of pollution and negligence, last week the Russian court has come to a decision. The court decided to sentence the former mayor for six months of community service after finding him guilty of criminal negligence. By the way, on our last episode, Good Enough, we talk about the end of the Golden Passports program in Cyprus and on that same week, the European Union Commission announced an investigation into these schemes both in Cyprus and Malta, given the Commission considers that they have been selling European Union citizenship inconsistent with Article 4, Number 3 of the Treaty on the European Union, which calls for sincere cooperation among member states. Quoting Ursula von der Leyen, President of the European Commission, European values are not for sale.
That was it. Hope you enjoyed the legal issues of last week. TLT is excited to see you next Tuesday. Always making serious a lot easier. Thank you.